You're listening to the Liberty News Radio Network, and this is the Political Cesspool. The Political Cesspool, known across the South and worldwide as the South's foremost populist conservative radio program. And here to guide you through the murky waters of the political cesspool is your host, James Edwards. One of our most anticipated programs of the year for yours truly. It's our annual Valentine's Day installment, ladies and gentlemen, this Saturday evening, February the 10th. I'm your host, James Edwards, and we have once again compiled for you a collection of outstanding female guests who will grace the program over the course of the next three hours for what is, again, always one of our most enjoyable broadcasts of the year. And kicking off uh, that veritable parade this evening is Kim, our dear friend, a homeschooling, home churching, homesteading mother of seven now. Now, if you go back and you look at Kim's appearances in previous years, that number tends to go up five, six, seven. She's beautiful. She's talented. She's intelligent. She and her husband and her sister, it's one of the most remarkable families I've ever met. And all of their children, this is what you would want America to look like. Kim, I'm so glad you're here tonight. James, thank you so much for having me on the program. It's an honor. And I, I guess I just keep having these babies, so we'll have something to talk about, <laughs> you know, for the Valentine's Day shows, you know. Um, yeah, so I, I have to say if I if I have eight brain cells during this interview, it's just because I have a three-week-old baby. How about that, but, ladies and gentlemen? <laughs> but um, that's that's actually been a lot of fun, and I, I do think the older you get um, – and maybe it has to do with the brain cells, but you just seem to chill out a little more. So it's, it's been a lot of fun. But, um, yeah, you had asked me, you know, what, what um, you know, I'd like to talk about. And I was thinking about ways to show your family love. And it, this is kind of a different uh, little road from that. But I was thinking about leaving a legacy uh, to your family through these difficult times with inflation and, you know, people out there that might be listening that also have seven children, you know, how you can make it through these times and, and still leave your family a, a legacy and to show them love. And um, I think you're familiar with this quote, James, and I believe it was the son of Nathan Bedford Forrest that said, you know, my father left me his sword and a good name. And I was thinking, you know, no matter how bad times wow, get financially yeah. in this in this country, no matter what happens, if Joe Biden is somehow once again magically reelected through, you know, most votes in history, um, we we can still leave our children a good name. That's something that Joe Biden, no one can ever take from us, right? Um, if you take that from from your children, then you have done that. But uh, so I was thinking about that quote. What an awesome quote it is, and just you know, how can we leave our our family a legacy and and I think that that does include uh, financial means, if if possible. Um, I was thinking about, 
just how the the new debt slavery it seems like lately anyways is is uh student loan debt um I was talking with a friend the other day that was uh talking about how the the compound interest on them was just eating them alive so sure. you know I would say anybody listening to your program that I know you have a lot of young listeners and and particularly men young men that want to get married and have a family and I would say if you have student loan debt you have got to get out of that as quickly as possible uh, or that compound interest is going to eat your lunch. And and it's not so you can sit on a pile of cash, but if you if it's something important where you want to have a family, you want to have a wife that stays home, um, that's going to be a huge issue. And you might not be able to do that if you're drowning in student loan debt. Uh, Kim, so if I could just uh, interject yeah. just yeah. very quickly, because I want to let people know, that we've been doing this for several years now, and I'm looking at the outline of what each lady is bringing to the table tonight. And this may be, uh, at, at the end of tonight's program, the best one we've ever done. To your point on student loan debt, uh, we've got a guest coming up in the second hour who's going to be talking about homeschooling, which, of course, you're very well familiar with, and trade schools and the uh, necessity for that yeah. going forward. But, uh, but yeah, and you're talking right now about leaving a legacy for your family and how you can do it in these uncertain times with the tumultuous economy. And uh, please continue. Yeah, that's yeah, that's very true. It's funny how some of that sometimes is just all knit together with what we're talking about. But and, and you know, these are all these are these this seems so simple to say we'll get out of debt. But the older you get, the more you look around and you have people in your same age group that never got that message and they're drowning in debt. They have nothing to leave their children. In fact, their children are going to have to clean up their mess. They're not able to help them in a trade school or with college because they're just struggling to keep their head above water financially. So if there's any way that you can do that before you have a family and before you tack on one, two, three, four, you know, a dozen kids, you know, I, I would just really encourage that. Um, I would also encourage if you want to have a financial legacy to your children, you might have to consider moving from your area. Um, for example, if you live in, you know, Austin area, it's, it's expensive. If you live in the Asheville area, it's expensive. If you want your clan, your your family to live around you, they might not be able to uh, afford a home and they might end up moving away. So while they're little, if you can think about, hey, where where can I relocate my family so that they can thrive and they might even be able to buy land and a home and homestead See, and right now um, and I, yeah. I i just want to say uh, you're speaking you and your husband are speaking from experience on this and buying time buying a generation waiting for things to sort themselves out and moving to a place where the cost of living and standard of the living is is better suited for their future yeah absolutely i mean we're, we're still able to at least for right now afford our property taxes so you know i'm sure you know people james i do too where like they're drowning just to to be able to uh, afford their property taxes every year and you know all of this of course is done by design but it's easy at the you know once you get um you know up into your 30s and 40s to feel oh this is hopeless and that's why if you can start out when you're young thinking future-minded okay thinking about leaving this legacy how can i love my family well how can i set my family at best and, you know, that doesn't start when your kids turn 20. That starts before you even have children or when they're little and be thinking ahead on these things, you know, possibly moving to a better area, getting out of debt. Um, these are just a few things 
James, you know, and, um, you know, I was thinking about something that, um, you know, you've talked about just leaving your children a, a good name and never being ashamed of who you are. That right. That's ultimately going to be the most important thing because we, you know, we don't know what's coming down the, the pike as far as just, uh, you know, financially what they're going to do to our taxes and property taxes and making it make possibly, you know, where no one can uh, afford a home, but we're not there yet. And so even if they take all these things from us, they, they can't take your, your good name and um, just work on that. Not by unless you put a it on reputation. offer. Yeah. Not unless you, they can take a lot <laughs> yeah. from you. They can take your yeah. freedom from you, but they can't take your dignity and your self-respect unless you offer it to them. And that's, and that's key. And you know, folks, listen, I loved having two United States congressmen on the program last night talking about immigration, what we do throughout the year, talking about these issues of importance is, is vital, but there is nothing more important. You know, uh, Kim, my wife, has the uh, little piece of decoration on our wall. The most important work you will do in your life is within the walls of your home. If you're not setting a, a standard for your children and your, your progeny and upholding the traditions given us uh, by our ancestors, this is the foundational pillar of civilization, after all, building healthy, strong families. And so that is why I think in many ways this Valentine's Day show we do every year where we're focusing on these things at home in real time, uh, is one of the most important of the 52 we do each year. So, Kim, continue on. We've got a couple of minutes remaining. Yeah, I, th- I think you just said it really well, James. You know, um, just how are we um, how are we setting up things for our children? You know, if you're already there, if you're already like, check, I have no debt, um, you know, check, I'm, a, you know, in a wonderful part of the country, you know, well, I guess you can, you can adopt me, but <laughs> so, um <laughs> You know, but there are some people that have have already checked those things off their list, and um, you should really, you know, pat yourself on the back. You have done well um, after you've done those things. Really, uh, and and if your spouse is on the same page, um, you know, just uh, consider, you know, what what you're teaching your children. And I would say, um, I think this goes without saying, um, if your children are in public school, why? Um, we still have a lot of amazing freedoms in this country. And one of those, if you're in a good state, is to be able to homeschool your children. That's another way you can show your family love. Um, uh, invest, pour yourself into your children. There's there's a lot of things now when, you know, people ask me like, oh, you know, do you have any hobbies or do you do this or that? I can honestly say I enjoy um, being with my kids and, and teaching them. So, yeah, those are, those are just said- a few things, you know. I would encourage. Your family sets a great example for the rest of us to follow, Kim. I'm honored to know you. Thank you for kicking off uh, tonight's program. You did a great job as always. We'll be right back. Find your inner rebel at Dixie Republic, the world's largest Confederate store, located in Traveler's Rest, South Carolina. The anti-white, anti-Christ, anti-Southern world ends at the asphalt. Welcome to God's country. Log on to DixieRepublic.com to view our Southern merchandise from flags to T-shirts to artwork. At the store, browse through our extensive collection of belt buckles and have a custom-made leather belt handcrafted in our Johnny Rebs gun and leather shop. That's DixieRepublic.com where you can meet all of your Southern needs. While you're waiting, drop by our Confederate corner for a free cup of coffee and good conversation. Remember, there are no strangers here, just friends who haven't met yet. Dixie Republic, we're not just a roadside attraction, we're a destination for our people. For more information, visit DixieRepublic.com. 
Matthew 24, 24 teaches us that the church is deceived today. Deceived Christians call themselves Judeo-Christians. Around 1900, Jews commissioned the Schofield Reference Bible, which transformed the Jews from Christian killers to the chosen people. Here's the truth. America is in the Bible. Revelation 21, our form of government came down from heaven. Verse 3, the many Christian ministers at the Constitutional Convention sought God's will. The God-given rights in the Constitution were ordained by God. America is the new promised land for Christian Israel, and Christians are the true chosen people. True Israel is Christian. Listen to Jesus, quote, my sheep follow me, unquote, and, quote, you do not believe because you are not my sheep, unquote. John 10, 25 through 27, the beast has transformed America into the woman mystery Babylon, Revelation chapter 17. For the complete Bible study, write to Christian Knuckles, P.O. Box 210813, Royal Palm Beach, Florida, 33421. I love this show, ladies and gentlemen, and I mean it in both ways. I love the show writ large, and I love this particular broadcast that we do every year where we focus on matters pertaining to the family, relationships, marriages, raising healthy children in a godless society, and matters pertaining to the home. This is it. This is where it starts. If you don't have strong families, you're never going to take back whatever you're trying to take back, whether it's the the, the nation or people a country, civilization, forget it. you got to have strong families. And I have been so blessed by God and so honored to have um, accumulated relationships with so many fantastic men, women, and families. Tonight it's all about the ladies, though. It's Ladies' Night, and they are not disappointing. Uh, putting this show together over the course of the last few days, looking at the outline uh, that the different women are going to be talking about, they've really outdone themselves. You just heard from Kim, who's talking about how you can leave your family a legacy uh, in this difficult day and age. And now we go to Lacey, who's going to be talking about marriage in modern times. Navigating that, Lacey is, of course, uh, very much a regular on this program. She is a former Eagle Forum activist and YouTuber and current full-time homemaker and homeschooling mother of three. So just between our first guest, two guests, ladies and gentlemen, two very brilliant, attractive ladies, ten children. They're doing it right and uh, here we go. Lacey, take it away. Oh, hi there. Thank you for welcoming me back. Thank you for coming back. Awesome. So today I wanted to talk about what the red pill movement is and their problem against marriage. So when I was starting YouTube, um, this was back in 2016, 2017, and Back then, what the phrase red pill meant was just you were questioning the official narrative. I mean, do you, are you familiar with the phrase or do you get the same 
the same idea of, of the phrase that I do. All right, say that one more time. I'm not quite familiar. I've heard of MIGTO and some of this other stuff. I don't know if I'm familiar well, with the, the red pill movement, Leslie, so you're going to have to educate the, me along with everyone else. The red pill phrase came from the red pill versus blue pill uh, yes, metaphor from, from the Matrix. So that's what I was familiar with the phrase back in 2016, 2017, red pill just meant that you are questioning the official narrative of whatever topic that we happen to be talking about. And usually it surrounded feminism. So I think if, if people remember, uh, if they're familiar with the men's rights movement at all, uh, Cassie J was extremely important in furthering this message of uh, men's rights when she came out with the movie called uh, The Red Pill, which I really, even though it's um, the men's rights movement is actually kind of anti-traditionalist, anti-traditional gender roles, very egalitarian and liberty focused, kind of libertarian in their politics. But I really recommend the documentary. It was done very well. So that's what I was familiar with, the red pill phrase meaning around this time so now when you get online years later and i kind of feel like an old hat in this movement now <laughs> is the red pill kind of like phrases like christian nationalism or something like that it it can mean different things when you're talking to different people and i think the red pill right now means the the type of manosphere that is against marriage and I just wanted to touch on kind of defining some terms for a bit before we get into the deeper conversation. But um, I actually started out talking about, you know, I in, on YouTube, I did my official, uh, my, my first official video was in defense of June Cleaver. But the, the, uh, the, the feedback that I got back from that video was a lot of, I was hit with a lot of these men online talking about men's rights. And that was actually the first encounter that I've ever had with anyone other than uh, talking with feminists and kind of engaging in that argument. So I very quickly went into the information about men's rights and I, I studied it a little bit and spent some time around uh, people who were working in the, the men's rights areas like um, Paul Elam and uh, A Voice for Men. And I, I spent a lot of time talking with these people. So I, I wanted to define the red pill movement as men's rights. And now I want to talk about their opposition to marriage. So when you hear about feminist arguments against marriage, you know, we've, we've all heard them. Um, you know, Betty Friedan said that that marriage and motherhood was like a, a, a woman marching to her own death in the in the concentration camp. Um, and you know, this this loss of freedom and and personhood that they associate with being uh, with with marriage. But the men's rights movement actually has some very interesting points against marriage. And I will say they're not wrong about their statistics. I think two, was it last year? I, I was on for the um, Valentine's Day 
show and we talked about divorce statistics. And you know, if it's interesting, I was just going to say, I was just looking back at the topics. This is a digression very quickly at the topics that everyone uh, selected last year and how good and and, and what a good variety that was. And then now tonight, uh, just the same about five minutes left with Lacey Lynn. Take it, Lacey, keep going. Okay. Yeah, so last year, I'm going to speak this up. So last year, we were talking about divorce statistics. And there was, a, I, I asked one of the people in the men's rights movement at the time, what is the argument against homemakers, housewives, traditional female gender roles? Because again, when you get into the men's rights movement and you learn about it, it's very egalitarian. They're very anti-traditionalist. So what is what is the problem they had? Because I had a lot of negative feedback about my June Cleaver video, not only from feminists, but from these men's rights people. And the argument against the traditional homemaker for them is that the more a woman stays at home, the more alimony is collected in the event of a divorce. And they're absolutely right about that, actually. So when you look at the laws on the books, um, that, is, that is true a woman can allocate more alimony in the event of a divorce if she doesn't already have her own income. So child custody being swayed against the father, all of these things that they, they have a point against are true. The problem is, is that they, they blame traditionalism and Christianity and conservatism for those problems existing rather than the break from tradition that actually caused those problems in the first place. So I don't know if you've seen a woman named Pearl on Twitter. She is very not, much Well, I've been banned from Twitter, and they very they give me right. very little time outside of the yard where I can even <laughs> monitor it. It's just, and yeah, so I'm, I'm, out of the, I'm out of the game there. Well, I, I, I feel for her in a bit because where she is now, I was kind of years ago, not in the sense that I believe what she's saying is true when she talks against marriage, but being kind of engaging with these men's rights arguments. And when she brings up divorce statistics or something like that, she's absolutely right. She's got her facts right. The problem is that, that she's bought it hook, line, and sinker that marriage itself is the problem. And and I wanted to kind of... Uh, juxtapose that with the story of Loretta Lynn. And I, I texted you earlier. I'm just glad I got to bring Loretta Lynn into the conversation because it was very key. I, it was essential. I told I'm you. A it had fan. To be done. <laughs> I'm a fan. I'm a fan. Too bad. Uh, we lost her. It was about two years ago, but she had one marriage her entire life and she was interviewed about it after he passed. And he wasn't always very nice to her and they had some issues but she had stated in that interview that marriage was for life and that he gave her her career um he saved her from butcher holler kentucky where she grew up that she wouldn't have left if it wasn't for him and it's that kind of mindset that divorce is not an option and that's a very old fashioned traditional way of thinking about it right because back then divorce was not an option um loretta lynn grew up in poverty or even times before where we had coverture laws where divorce meant the ruin of 
lots of lives and of families and it would put you in poverty. And both the feminist and the men's rights people have their arguments for why we need this freedom to leave a marriage, but it's the traditionalists who are sitting here and saying, uh, you have to put your family before yourself and you definitely have to think of the kids, you have to think of this partnership that you have with somebody else that you devoted your life to. Lacey, Lacey, hold on right there. I actually want to keep you into the next segment, uh, if that's okay. Uh, Miss Producer, we're going to hold off on our next guest until the final segment of this hour. Let's just stick with uh, Lacey here for a few more minutes, and we'll be right back with Lacey Lynn. Proclaiming liberty across the land. You're listening to Liberty News Radio. USA News. I'm Corey Myers. President Joe Biden skipping a Super Bowl interview for the second year in a row. Instead of getting his message to a captive audience of about 100 million Americans that are watching the big game, Biden has chosen once again to not sit down with CBS and do that interview, which seems odd for an election year. It could be because he's made some very embarrassing, obvious gaffes lately. Right, right after I was elected, I went to a, what they call a G7 meeting. And I sat down and I said, America's back. And Mitterrand from Germany, I mean, from France, looked at me and said, uh, said, you know, what, why, how, how long are you back for? Francois Mitterrand was a French president. He died in 1996. Donald Trump isn't expected to be in court today when the U.S. Supreme Court hears arguments over Colorado's decision to remove the former president from the ballot because of the 14th Amendment's insurrectionist clause. They are also gearing up to hear another Trump appeal against a lower court decision to reject his demand for absolute presidential immunity over his efforts to overturn the 2020 election following his claims of voter fraud. Five U.S. Marines who were on a training flight in Southern California have been confirmed dead. They were flying from Creech Air Force Base near Las Vegas to Marine Corps Air Station Miramar in San Diego and were reported overdue. The U.S. military does not reveal the identities of deceased service members until at least 24 hours after all next-of-kin notifications have been made. First responders are working to recover the remains of each of the Marines. This is USA News. Hey, here's a question. After you wear your clothes, you toss them in the washing machine, right? Nobody wants to wear dirty clothes. So how do we don't throw your shoes in the washing machine when they get dirty? I mean, come on. Your shoes are touching the filthy ground all day long. Gross. Well, with Skechers, you can. Because most Skechers are machine washable. That's right. Skechers are specially made so you can toss them right in the washing machine and keep them clean and looking new. And when they look new, you can confidently wear them longer. That's less shoes you're going to want to throw away, which means less waste. And it'll save you tons of dough. I love that. Plus, machine washable Skechers are for the whole family, men, women, and kids. So when your kids get their shoes dirty, oh, and we know they will, just wash them. Brilliant. And even our latest technology. New hands-free Skechers slip-ins are washable. You just step right in and go without bending down or even touching your shoes. So give your Skechers the same treatment you give your clothes. Just toss them in the washing machine and keep them looking brand spanking new. 
Find machine washable sketchers at a sketcher store, sketches.com, or wherever stylish footwear happens to be sold. The Honorable Cause of Free South is a collection of 12 essays written by Southern Nationalist authors. The book explores topics such as what is the Southern nation, what is Southern nationalism, and how can we achieve a free and independent Dixie. The Honorable Cause answers questions on our own terms. The book invites readers to understand for themselves why a free and independent Dixie is both preferable and possible. The book pulls in some of the biggest producers of pro-South content, including James Edwards, the host and creator of The Political Cesspool, and Wilson Smith, author of Charlottesville Untold, Arkansas congressional candidate and activist Neil Kumar, host and creator of the Dissident Mama podcast, Rebecca Dillingham, author of A Walk in the Park, My Charlottesville Story, Identity Dixie's Patrick Martin, and yours truly, Michael Hill, founder and president of the League of the South, as well as several other authors. The Honorable Cause is available now at Amazon.com. Hey there, TPC family. This is James Edwards, your host of The Political Cesspool. Folks, I want you to subscribe to the American Free Press, America's last real newspaper. Against all odds, AFP has and continues to publish a populist, independent print newspaper with an unparalleled track record. Founded by a dedicated group of experienced patriots, AFP pulls no punches and tackles the most controversial and pressing issues facing America from an America First perspective. I've worked with the American Free Press since even before the beginning of TPC. Now that's something. You can subscribe to the print edition by visiting AmericanFreePress.net today or simply pick up a handy digital edition subscription. However you do it, subscribe to the American Free Press, America's last real newspaper, by visiting AmericanFreePress.net or by calling 1-88-699-NEWS, AmericanFreePress.net. Lacey and I both wax nostalgic for an America we never knew. I know we can't go back to the 50s, but that's not to say that uh, the social mores and the nuclear family and really everything about society back then, certainly it was better than it is now, and uh, we continue to uh, look for ways to improve our people. The annual Valentine's Day installment, the ladies, uh, again, I was sharing with Lacey a moment ago, I was going back and looking at the topics that the ladies selected, and I'll let them call their own shots on this, their dime, their dance floor, and they pick uh, the topics that they're passionate about. We bring them on, and it's all it always works out well. And I think looking back to last year's segment, uh, segments versus what we're doing this evening, and uh, nothing's being covered twice. So there's so many issues pertaining to uh, family, and it's, it's great to have the ladies on to give them their night. And uh, so with Lacey right now, we're talking about the Red Pill Movement. We're talking about... Housewives and alimony should divorce uh, come up, and uh, that's what we're getting into now, getting back to the mindset that divorce is not an option. Continue on, Lacey. Of course. Thank you. So I I did want to mention that I actually haven't touched the topic 
of men's rights in years. And there's a reason for that. They are that the men's rights activists are some of the most foul and hateful, horrible people that you'll ever encounter. And it is uh, sad you, because I, I, I pause right there just very quickly, if you don't mind, because I've never this is, you know, I have been married forever and I've never really looked into this. I know a little bit about it. I've seen stuff here and there, but I've never really studied into this and really what it even means. I mean, I don't want to chase this rabbit too far into the grass, but what, what are we talking about men's rights? What are the complaints? Okay, what so are the solutions? The, and what are your in, in, rebuttals? Right. So I, I started engaging with um, men's rights activists online when, I, I've got a lot of vitriol coming back for my initial video in defense of June Cleaver. And the reason why that angered them so much, because the 1950s angers everybody but you and me, James. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> it, I, I mean, I ended up having to make a video about it because I, nobody would shut up. Like they talked about the 1950s more than I talked about the 1950s, and that's pretty bad. So it, it was this idea that it's a reaction to feminism and even more than that it's its own kind of philosophy where it's a kind of libertarian kind of egalitarian they're not traditional at all in fact they they really hate traditionalists they blame them for a lot See, of I the wouldn't issues have got, so it's I not wouldn't just have, I wouldn't have expected that I would have thought that this would have been no sort of like it, a, a it, group and of that's what I was traditionalist males no, 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 no. That's what I I'm was taking confused your word about on. when I first started engaging them. Right. That's what I was confused about when I first started engaging with the topic years ago, when I realized that the main issues in the men's rights movement is they're not just against feminism. They're against what they call, uh, they're against gynocentrism. So gynocentrism was a term, I think it was coined by Peter Wright of, um, now, I, I could be wrong about this, but I think he wrote for A Voice for Men. So you can go look that up, all right, uh, all right. A well, Voice you, for Men, Peter Wright. That's good enough. We'll let people, if they're interested, they can go right. and, and, okay. and research so, more and get their own conclusions. We've got four minutes left. We've got to take a hard break. Okay. I want to get back to – no, 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 you're fine. Divorce is not an option, and the reality and possibility of a, a marriage in modern time. Four minutes, take it away, Lazy. Right. So what, what I think is, is so interesting in – is the study of the life of Loretta Lynn and, and how she talked about her husband, even though that they had hard times. I mean, everybody can go look up what they went through and he was not your, your nicest man, but he, the way she talked about him after he passed, that was a man who took her from Butcher Holler, Kentucky, married her when she was 13. And that's, that's actually kind of a, a key. I'm not advocating that people get married at 13. But I think what, what, it is, what is the key about surviving marriage in modern times is that is young marriage. Because when you have young marriage, you have two people who don't really have a sense of self, of um, interpreting the world through their own individual lens. And they kind of their their marriage very quickly becomes their identity. Their identity is with this person. So when you I start that great. at a young age, yeah. it's it, it's less likely that you're going to break from that. Because uh, I, I can 
I can say for myself and my husband, we've only dated each other. We've only like that, that was our first relationship and we got married so young that we don't have this other view that's apart from each other. So if, if I would say anything about surviving marriage in modern times, it would be getting back to that mindset of divorce is not an option and really encouraging young, young marriage. And then you can just avoid all of these, these issues that uh, either the feminist or the men's rights activists are afraid of. Well, and of uh, course, and, you know, in some cases it's easier said than done. I'm sure a lot of people would like to uh, get married young and have that, as you and I have had, and it's sometimes easier said than done with all of the obstacles that modern society does, but it should still be the goal. That should be the goal. But anyway, uh, right. how realistic is right. that now, I, I know. coming to summation? Well, I've been married for 15 years, so I say it's it's possible. Well, there you, <laughs> there you go, ladies and gentlemen. So it can happen. Uh, but I know that this is something that, uh, to, to bring your outline to summation, something you were going to touch on, uh, navigating a, a marriage in modern times. Right. Right. That's, that's what I would say about, about marriage in modern times is that it really helps getting married young and, and, uh, yes, I'm sorry. That was the end of what I was going to say. <laughs> well, uh, it should definitely be the no. It should definitely be the idea. A lot of a lot of pain, heartache, and struggle. Uh, if uh, you know playing the field and everything that comes with that. And again, I mean, you know, you certainly are going to run into problems with uh, an increasing number of non-traditional people out there in the dating pool. I can't even you know, like you, Lacey. I've been married since two thousand six. It's hard to even imagine what it would be like being. I don't know even if we can. You and I really relate to that. What it would be like being a young person in the modern in today's dating pool. I mean, uh, even as it was in the late nineties and early two thousands when we were forming our relationships with our spouses. Uh, I don't know what it's like today, so I can't really attest. But there are good places you can still find potential mates churches for all of the problems that a lot of churches have today it's still a, a fertile ground you're at least going to be getting people that are going to be, at least have a baseline of traditionalism and, and when, when it comes to family structure and uh, of course as people we know are doing building parallel communities with like-minded people homeschooling co-ops and things like that you can build a big enough circle of contacts and friends to where there are going to be potential mates for either you or your children and i know you know lacy with just about a minute remaining uh, how are you planning on navigating that with regards to your children? Because this is something my wife and I talk about. You know, our children, even though we were spared this reality, our children will have to go out into the world and find uh, a, an acceptable partner, uh, husband or wife. And w what does that look like? Have you and your husband put any thought into that for your own children? Oh, we've put a ton of thought into it. I mean, I think it was two years ago that I talked about arranged marriages on the show. <laughs> it comes up, and, it, it does come a, up, it's a topic of conversation. I got a little nervous. Well. I, after the show, I was, I was telling my husband, I don't think, I, I hope they don't think that we're coming after their children. <laughs> so, but, um, but it definitely, I think having an, an influence as a parent into how your child is going to choose is important and taking the experience that you have as an as a parent and sharing it with your child 
like my my oldest is 13 right now and he, he's picking up some of the moral uh platforms and crusades that that his dad and i have and so he's he's a, against feminism and he talks about it so talking to him about you know i know this little girl she's about your age and her parents are also against feminism and kind of just planting that seed and and if if it's important to you and it's important to them you can kind of guide them and i'm not saying that you can have 100 percent control uh, over what your children do as as an as an adult but you can take your experience and your influence and you can kind of guide them absolutely no this is key no, no, uh, the music starting, Lacey, and this is key. And, uh, you know, a, a lot of our people, you know, there may be older listeners in the audience who are already married, and, and, and that's all set. But you've got children, you've got grandchildren. Just between the first two guests, Kim and Lacey, that's ten, ten kids there. We have three. Uh, Lacey has two sons and a daughter. I have two daughters and a son. Doesn't have to be a huge pool. It just has Hello, to be the GPC right pool. Fan. We'll be right back. It's James, and I've got to tell you that I sleep better at night knowing that there are organizations like the Conservative Citizens Foundation. The purpose of the Conservative Citizens Foundation is to promote the principles of limited government, individual liberty, equality before the law, property rights, law and order, judicial restraint, and states' rights, while at the same time exploring the dangers posed by liberalism to our national interests and cultural institutions. The Conservative Citizens Foundation also seeks to educate the public on the dangers of extremist ideologies like critical race theory and cultural Marxism. I've worked with the good people at the Conservative Citizens Foundation for many years, and their work comes with my complete endorsement. For more information and to keep up with all the latest conservative news headlines, please check out their website, MericaFirst.com. That's M-E-R-I-C-A-1-S-T.com, MericaFirst.com. My name is Christian Knuckles. I prophesy there will be no revival until the church leadership stops lying to the people. I'm the first soldier of the spiritual body of Christ, the Lion of Judah, the Confederate Church of Christ. I'm here to declare the lion will lie down with the lamb when the lying stops. A message from Christ Kingdom Ministries and brought to you by ConfederateChurchOfChrist.com. Introducing Managed IT Services from NPI. We offer top-notch data backup and recovery, email spam protection, and network security tailored to your needs and budget. With 20-plus years of experience in the medical field, our HIPAA-certified consultants know what it takes to protect sensitive information. Don't settle for less. Give us a call at 801-706-6980 and experience the difference with Managed IT Services. Remember, your IT support should be fast, efficient, and reliable. Ladies and gentlemen, no less than seven 
fantastic ladies coming on the program this evening to talk about these issues uh, that we've been discussing. The annual Valentine's Day installment here on TPC. You've already heard from Kim talking about how you can leave your family a legacy. Lacey talking about marriage in modern times, finding acceptable mates, husbands, and wives, and these difficult days. Uh, so, uh, so many more coming up over the course of the second and the third hour, but first let's get back now to... Uh, our next featured guest of the evening, who is Lauren Witzke. Now, Lauren needs no introduction to this audience. Of course, you know her as the former Republican nominee for United States Senate in 2020. But she's a lot more than that, as I say about a lot of our guests. Every time I talk to Lauren, she's working with different people and doing different things, a lot of stuff going on behind the scenes. Uh, she is building a vast network of contacts, and she's going to be a real power player uh, going forward. And it's always great to talk to her. Lauren, how are you? Hi, James. Thanks so much for having me. It's good to be back. Well, it's good to have you back, and of course, great to see you last weekend at the event, which was actually one of the reasons I specifically wanted you uh, to be on this evening with us. Uh, recapping uh, where we were last week in Orlando, what would you say about it, Lauren? Oh, my gosh. Well, it was awesome. It was just a bunch of <laughs> freedom-loving patriots. Um, really, I, just, I love the people that is on our side, you know, the people that are on our side. Like, they're just awesome people. They love our country. They're good people. And when we, Freedom Law School, organized this event, I mean, it was one of the biggest events they've had so far, and the movement is growing. Um, the truth is coming out about the federal income tax that was always voluntary, uh, all the propaganda that goes into telling you and making you believe that it's, it's like, mandatory. Like, I, I just can't get over <laughs> how much we've been lied to, and um you know, that movement, and you see more and more people showing up to these events, more and more people tuning in in order to, um, you know, learn the truth. And last weekend, it was, I mean, it was a huge turnout. A lot of people came. A lot of people um, learned, like, a lot of new stuff, how they can protect themselves, how they can protect their money, uh, how we can stop funding a regime that hates us and funding our destruction. And really, honestly, you're going to see that movement grow more and more and more as the federal government continues to misspend our money, not secure our border, and not look out for us. Well, you know, I was joking last weekend, and I may have said this before on the program, I, I can't remember, but when you originally invited me to come speak at this, I looked at it, looked at the website, and I said, are you sure, Lauren, I'm a good fit for this particular group? But I couldn't tell you, ladies and gentlemen, how good of a fit it actually turned out to be. These people, and it was interesting because this conference was talking about a lot of different issues, as you know, Lauren. I mean, not just taxes, but also uh, health and vaccines and you know, everything from climate change, so-called, to uh, trafficking and everything from uh, our points of view, of course. But there, it was a wonderful cross-section. We talked a little bit about it last week on the program with Steve King, and, and that was a lot of fun to have him there. But it, it, it was interesting, the overlap. I mean, even with all of these issues, there were still so many common denominators that I think people who weren't there couldn't really wrap their mind around unless you had been there. And that was one of the things that was most exciting to me, how uh, that event that we had last weekend in Orlando really exceeded my expectations by every standard of measurement. Not that I didn't think it would be good, but it was better than good. Yes, it was very good. And then we aired the movie Slave Nation as well, which should be hitting the, the public soon, um, hopefully. And uh, it's about, you know, the whole movement behind it. People who paved the way for us, you know, had former IRS agent uh, Joe Bannister, who was a criminal investigator for the IRS. Like this guy was as legit and by the book as possible. And for those who don't know the story, there was an article put out in the paper that said, um, basically saying, hey, I will pay $500,000 or $50,000 
to anyone that can prove to me that I'm required by law to pay, file and pay federal income taxes. And they couldn't, he, the IRS agent was like, yes, yes, I'm gonna get this money. And he couldn't prove it. He couldn't prove it, nothing was adding up. It's because it's all a lie. So Joe Bannister, he ended up being, you know, scrutinized by the media. They put him on every news outlet. They publicly indicted him, all these things. He wasn't even arrested for taxes. He was arrested for something else, but they were trying to make an example out of him. He ended up winning. Oh, it was taxes, but it was tax related. Um, but they, he ended up winning, but they just wanted to say, IRS, get those headlines that said IRS agent arrested for tax fraud or something like that. And that way, you know, everybody, it goes into the propaganda arm where people are like, oh, well, okay, well, I guess he was wrong. But nobody ever um, saw that he was acquitted. He won his case and the media didn't cover it. And people don't know the truth about what happened. They just know what the big headlines say. And it was just really interesting to hear his story, um, to meet him in person. He's kind of a legend. And um, yeah, he's definitely, it was just, it was just a really good time. And the film yeah, was really was, good. People were really great. I was going to say he really was one of the most, they were all interesting and fantastic in their own, in their own rights. But to he being a former gun carrying special agent with the IRS's CID, the criminal investigation uh, division, uh, and talking about the deception going on there with regards to taxes. I mean, that was a very compelling presentation. And uh, then you had, I got to say this too, folks, I want you to know that uh, even though there were people talking about a, a variety of topics, that the topic that, that I gave, I had Lauren, uh, just a long line of folks come up afterward to talk about, and mine was talking about anti-whiteism and and uh, the, the possibility yeah. of secession. It seems as though people on the right, no matter where on the right they land, they are ready for that discussion. And I didn't know exactly how it would go over, but it seemed to go over very well. And that's something that very much encouraged me, that people are ready. And, and it wasn't just that they heard it and they didn't have a disagreement. It was just that they were very well versed in these issues. I came up, so many people knowledgeable about that. But the one thing that really stuck up, uh, stuck out to me was, how impressive you had Mary Crowley and Mindy Robinson, and then of course your work with your production company. What's going on with the absolutely incredible amount of professionalism coming from our movement with regards to these video projects and documentaries? I mean, you've got stuff. Uh, Mindy Robinson did one on the Vegas uh, shooting. Uh, of course, there's Died Suddenly, there's Slave Nation, which uh, premiered at this event last week. Mary Crowley has one on on sex trafficking, and it's as good as anything you would see the major production companies doing, and that is very encouraging, the level of professionalism our side is able to put out on a fraction of the budget. Yeah, it's true, and that's, that's how the left wins. They took over culture. They started making movies. They took over Hollywood. They started influencing um, young people. Uh, they learned how to make very high-quality productions, and if the right wants to start winning the culture war, we're going to have to do the same. We're going to have to make high-quality productions, not cheesy. You know how, like, you watch Christian movies, and sometimes they're really cheesy. Yeah. And seem like it. You know, that's the thing. You're not going to change and impact culture with cheesy movies. Like, we have got to do better, and that's what our goal is, and it's good to see other people getting better and improving, too. I mean, it's important. Well, I mean, I, again, folks, I'm saying what I saw at this conference – 
uh, was as good as anything you'll see HBO or any of these other outfits doing. And, yeah, right. I can remember, of course, Lauren, going back to the 90s and the early 2000s. I mean, you would see stuff that because there's not a lot of money or at least, you know, there wasn't then. And I don't know how much there is now, comparatively speaking. But you would see things that just had poor production quality. The The content was incredible. It was nothing but truth, hard-hitting facts. That was wonderful. Uh, but it just didn't look good because there wasn't uh, uh, either the money or the people with the know-how to do it. And now you are pairing that together. And I told somebody at the event, I said, you've got to have that. You've got to have a good presentation. The facts are yeah. on our side. Science is on our side. Christ is on our side. We know all of that. you still got to be able to sell it. you still got to be able to have the sizzle. And, boy, I saw some stuff that last weekend that shows me we were really heading in the right direction, and I think this could be very exciting going forward. Now, we got about two minutes remaining, maybe not even that. We're looking forward to the rest of this year, Lauren. 2024 is going to be wild. So much going on. The Supreme Court's about to take on this case as to whether or not Trump could be thrown off the ballot. Uh, not nearly enough time to get into all of this, but I wanted to recap that conference. It was important, and it was a, great to be there, and I want to thank you and Paymon for that. But uh, give me 60 seconds on what the rest of this year looks like. <laughs> Where are we a year from now? Oh, man. So I think we're going to have to vote Trump out of prison. That's what I think. I think they're going to figure out a way to arrest him. <laughs> And I, nothing's going to be a better motivator, though, too. You know, we have pretty low ver voter turnout, but nothing's going to turn out the voters, the Republican voters, more than somebody being unjustly arrested. So I, I, think, I think that's my prediction. I also have a prediction that they're flooding the border so they can, like, stage some kind of false flag terrorist attack, take over elections. Whatever it is, they're going to do everything they can to ensure that Donald Trump does not win. And um, because, I mean, he stands for nationalism. He stands for a real populist uprising movement, and they can't have that. So either way, I think it's going to get very shaky, very rough, and things are about to get nuts. With that being said, I, 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 yeah. Go ahead and say being, it. Go, no, you I, go ahead and say it. I, I think it... it I think that it's, I think we're going to be okay. I think we're going to come out on top this time. I, I, I have hope. I do. I mean, I addressed it in my talk. I have reasons for optimism, and there's a lot of stuff going on out there underneath the surface. I think people are just waiting for someone to step in and fill that vacuum. I don't know if it's Trump or what follows him, probably what follows him. Somebody's going to have to harness that energy, and when they do, they're going to be playing with real fire. And, uh, yeah, but I think you're going to see things this year, Lauren, that we've never seen before. I mean, we already are seeing it with these indictments and, you know, the potential that Trump won't even be allowed to run, even though he's the people's choice. It's, you know, I'm going into that right. in my talk. There's a little, these people defending democracy don't even want to have elections. And right. I, they're going to be some black swan events, false flags. I don't know what's going to happen over the course of the rest of this year, but our movement is mobilizing. It is professionalizing. Lauren is a big part of that. And uh, wherever we go, she'll be there. And, Lauren, thanks for coming on today. It's always great to talk to you. Yeah, thank you so, so much. Thanks for having me. Always been great to be here. All right, we'll talk to you again soon. First hour in the can, ladies and gentlemen. Lauren Witzke, along with our friends Kim and Lacey, uh, this hour talking about uh, some contemporary issues. The event we were just at, also, uh, as we do every year on the Valentine's Day show, talking about matters pertaining to the family and the health of our people. Uh, most important work you do is inside your home. Uh, we're going to be talking with more wonderful ladies over the course of the night, so stay tuned, and it will continue after this short break.